Welcome to Unity of Tucson. Love don't need a reason. It does not need a reason. And if we think it needs a reason, I think we need to turn our minds around around that. Well, there's someone in this world who has turned his mind around to deeply engage in some, I'm going to call it out, some really hard work. And I'm grateful for who he is in this world. Uh, over a year ago, it was over a year ago, it was actually about this time last year. Um, well, first of all, you all know I love TikTok, right? <laughs> and I, you know, there's this thing called the algorithm, and you never know what you're going to get on TikTok, but you better watch the videos that are appealing to you and interact with the videos that are appealing to you, because if you don't, you could go down some very dark paths on TikTok. Um, so I always try to engage with videos that, are, that I find inspiring and uh, illuminating for me, and there was this magnificent being who started showing up on my TikTok feed, and every time, I mean, every single time, he, every time his face would appear, I would watch the video through, and then I would let it repeat. And there was always magnificence that was being expressed by this magnificent, beautiful, beautiful man. Um, the work that he does in this world is to transform. He does transformational life coaching. And he is here with the desire to transform this world in this way, to allow religious trauma for gay men to be eliminated entirely from this planet. I get that right? The light and the heart that exudes from this gentleman through the video screen is so amazing. And I was so delighted when I got to meet him in person, face to face, live and in the flesh on Friday night. He was here as a guest at our gala, and he is here to inspire us today. Please welcome our guest speaker today, Eric Feltis. Oh my gosh, if I'm already crying, then buckle up. It's going to be one bumpy ride. My goodness, Unity, I am so honored to be in your space. Jonathan, excuse me, Reverend Dr. Jonathan. Don't have to apologize to me. I'm so happy to be here. You know, I was here at the gala, and I got to meet so many beautiful people on Friday night as well. And... Um, as a guest, with the lens of a guest, I think I saw something that maybe, as a part of this community, you, you might not be seeing in the same way, and this is what I saw. I saw a full-length mirror, and I saw Jonathan on one end, and in the reflection, I saw all of you. And I've had the honor to get to know Jonathan over the last year and to get to know his heart and being in this space, I see the same love reflected back. And I know that the opposite is true as well. I see how much you love him. And so this is, this is faith in action. This is love in action. Love is an action. It's not a feeling. Love transcends beyond the brick and mortar of this building. Love can be found on the screen of TikTok, and it can be found in a quick eye contact and welcome when you are nervous and new in this space. So thank you for welcoming and affirming me into your community. 
And I use the word community intentionally to describe you because community is a sacred container for the gift of belonging. It's where the I becomes the we and also where the we and the I live harmoniously. And in the word community, we see the name of your church, which is the word unity, which comes from the Latin word unus, which means one. And I think for our work today, this has two purposes. On one hand, one or unus or unity is a call to action to bring all of you into this space as one wholehearted person. We don't check our sexuality at the door here. We don't check our questions at the door. We don't check our doubt or our fear at the door. We bring it as one wholehearted person. I also think that the other purpose of the word one is a reminder that we are all collectively one body of Christ. Now, I understand that words are finite. Love is infinite, but words are finite. And so the word Christ might mean something differently to someone else than it does to me. So for the sake of safety, let me explain what that word means to me. Christ is radical, inclusive, unconditional love. So therefore, we are all one in the body of radical, inclusive, and unconditional love. And in this space, we are called to love only, to forgive always, and to remember who you are. Yeah, I didn't make that up. I just stole that from your website. But it's really, but it's really good. I wish I thought of it myself. Yes, we can sometimes feel uncomfortable with this invitation. I and so many men that I work with who have been burned by the church are uncomfortable by this because so many of us have been taught to choose fear over love and to keep score as leverage and to forget who you are. Deny yourself and put your identity in Christ, they say. But what they fail to recognize is that that is an impossible contradiction. How can you Love Christ and deny yourself. If Christ is unconditional, radical, inclusive love, then denying yourself is missing the mark of love. We are called to love all of who we are. So this is an invitation to bring all of yourself here. Now, I speak very confidently about this topic now, standing in front of you. But I haven't always felt this way. You see, for the first two-thirds of my life, I believed in a God that did not love me. When I was a child, I knew that I was different from the other boys, and once I was old enough to put words to what made me different from the other boys, the word is gay. <laughs> Just in case you didn't get the context clues. Once I was old enough to know that I was different from the other boys, all I wanted in life was to not be that thing. But what happens when we deny ourselves? What happens when we focus on not something? 
Well, let's, let's do that. Let's, let's try. Let's see what happens. I'm going to ask you to, if you feel comfortable doing so, close your eyes with me. With your eyes closed, whatever you do, do not think about Reverend Dr. Jonathan Zenz in a pink tutu with maracas <laughs> dancing up here. Don't do it. Okay, open your eyes. Who passed the test? It's not possible, right? You're welcome. Yeah, that's not possible. I'll give you another one. I want you to imagine that your best friend is running down the hallway urgently and they put their hands on your shoulders and they say, do not freak out. Well, after you like wipe their spit off of your face, what do you do? You freak out, right? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so when a 13-year-old boy cries himself to sleep at night, praying the words, dear God, I do not want to be gay. I do not want to be gay. I do not want to be gay. What happens? Yeah, I put a practice, a vicious routine of self-denial, and I would pray the words, dear God, change me, change me, change me. And with tears streaming down my face, I believed that God would change me. After all, we are called not to be transformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So I believe that God would transform my mind. Now, my festering fear was doubled down by many people and factors in my life. We live in a straight-until-proven-otherwise society. And that means that members of the queer community must come out of the closet in order to live fully authentic lives with a strong sense of belonging. There is so much standing in our way before we can do that. I distinctly remember one of the pastors of my evangelical church preaching about the dangers of homosexuality. As a child, I believed that homosexuality was an abomination. This is me as a child around this age. Now, if you are a member of the queer community, uh, it doesn't take much for you to remember this trauma. If you consider yourself an ally, I ask you to use one of the best tools of allyship, which is the gift of empathy. Put yourself in my shoes and imagine what it feels like at these formative years to be led to believe from your spiritual leaders whom you admire and you trust that your authenticity is a one-way ticket to burn in the fiery pits of hell for eternity. That is abuse. And that happens on a daily basis. And I am not alone here. I want you to see some sobering statistics from the Trevor Project. Two-thirds of LGBTQ youth who reported that someone attempted to convince themselves to change their sexual orientation or gender identity um, That's supposed to say attempted suicide. Thank you. 42, thank you. 42% of LGBTQ youth who underwent conversion therapy reported a suicide attempt. Thank you. Yes, almost one half of people, and this is still legal in several states in the United States. I'm sorry, but bad theology does not make for good psychology when almost half of your brothers and sisters and beyond in the body of Christ want to end their lives. LGBTQ youth who experience discrimination related to their sexual orientation or gender identity were twice as likely to attempt suicide. So what happens when we focus on not something? The writing is on the wall, literally. What happens is that we erase ourselves from the inside out, and that act is killing us. 
I do not want to be gay, so change me. I do not want to be gay, so change me. Some of you right now are like, hey, Jonathan, can you vet the next speaker so it's a little less depressing? <laughs> and what I say to that is, yes, it is. Yeah, and this is pride. Pride is not just sunshine and rainbows and men in speedos on floats, but I love all of those things. <laughs> it is also standing up against the grains of society and saying that I am worthy of love and belonging as and because of who I am. And let's take that collective energy and out of a space of scarcity and into abundance, out of fear, and let's collectively move into a place of love. Love your neighbor as yourself. I love the way this is written. Love your neighbor how? As you already love yourself. Put your own oxygen mask on before you put the oxygen mask on your brothers or your sisters and beyond. Love your neighbor as yourself. That means that we are called to love all of us, which includes our fear. So sit with your fear, acknowledge your fear. Now, I avoided fear for the first 25 years of my life. When I was 25, I was a Spanish and a theater teacher, and I was also engaged to a woman to be married. And at that time, I took my music director, we were about to direct a musical, out to dinner. We were sitting across from each other, our scripts were here, and we did not open the scripts because I was too busy falling in love with his eyes, wondering what my hand would feel like rested in his. Curious if I'd ever have the opportunity to press my lips against his and to smell his skin, and for the first time in my life, I was seen, and for the first time in my life, I saw Christ in another individual. And for the first time in my life, I recognized that homosexuality is not a sin. If a sin is to miss the mark of love, loving another man is not a sin. But the symptoms of denying yourself, that is the sin. That is missing the mark of love. Soon after that experience, I came out first to my fiance and then to the world because the save the dates were already out. So soon after that experience, everyone knew that Eric was gay or confirmed that Eric was gay. <laughs> and you see, the coming out experience is a very universal one. Now, I know what some of you are thinking right now. Does Eric think that I'm gay? <gasps> I think everyone's gay, so <laughs> I'm the wrong person to ask. Like, maybe a couple times. Yeah, I'm, I'm the wrong person to ask about that. But the universal experience of coming out is risking relationship for authenticity. It's stepping out of fitting in and it's leaning into belonging. Fitting in is cutting off pieces of yourself to contort to the human being that society says that you should be. The word should belongs in the category of fitting in. Belonging is being seen, safe, and celebrated as and because of who you are. Coming out is risking relationship for authenticity. It's telling your dad you'd rather have ballet than play baseball. It's telling your prom date that you have a crush on them and you don't know what they'll say in response. It's telling your wife that you just lost your job and more importantly, that you're scared. Coming out is a universal experience where we risk relationship 
for authenticity. So sit in your fear, acknowledge your fear. But then what? I don't know. Some of you are like, taking notes, I'm taking notes, I'm taking notes. You what? You don't know? Well, I just wasted my whole time. I don't know, and that's why it is a risk. And this is where faith comes in, my friends. Some of us, myself included, have been taught to believe that faith is certainty. People that wear faith like a badge of honor are the same people that crucified Jesus 2,000 years ago. People that wear faith like a badge of honor are uncomfortable because they never sit in their own fear, because they avoid their fear. They cut off pieces of themselves. They purge it onto other people to avoid the intolerable belief that maybe they're wrong. Faith is not certainty. Faith is sitting in the discomfort of the unknown and choosing to love anyway. While I avoided fear for the first 25 years of my life, once I came out of the closet, I chose love. And once I was out of the closet, this time without the wet blanket of inauthenticity, I chose to love all of who I am. I began to question the beliefs that were holding me back. I began to, I began to adopt more empowering beliefs so that I can live the life, not that society calls for, but that I call for, I think there's this common belief that when Jesus was here, Jesus never said, come worship me. Never once. Jesus said, come follow me. Do you see the difference? When Jesus says, come follow me, and we go, no, 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 no. What we're doing, this is what's happening. Jesus is saying, raise your consciousness to my level. And we go, that's uncomfortable. I'm not going to raise my consciousness to your level. I'm going to dehumanize you and put you above me and worship you. And when we do that, we avoid faith, which is sitting in the discomfort of the unknown, which is sitting in your authenticity, which is risking relationship for authenticity. At this point in my life, I understand that hurt people hurt people. I also understand that healed people heal people. I've made it my mission in life to help other gay men that have been burned to learn how to love themselves deeply as and because of who they are. If you are listening to this in this room, if you're listening to this back home, and you're scared, and you don't have to be a part of the queer community to be scared. If you are being called to risk relationship for authenticity in a way that makes sense with you, first of all, I'm so sorry that the church has failed you. The church has failed you. That is not love. That is fear. And while I'm not going to put a blanket statement out there and say that whatever the situation is, the solution is to come out, that's not fair. What I will say is that I hope someday you recognize that when you pray for your mind to be transformed, you will not be straight. Thank God. No offense, straight people. You're great. We need you. By the way, straight people, we need you. And, and also, let me also, let me time out for a second. I'm going to go off book. Straight people, I know, I know it's hard, but please don't try to pray this straight away. It's not gonna work, it's not gonna work. Take it from me, I know it's really awesome to be queer, 
but we need your allyship as well. And we love and we see you as you are, even in your heteroness, okay? We see you and we, we accept you. <laughs> Someone just got it. <laughs> so if you are here and you are struggling, I pray that you also recognize that God will not change who you are, but God and inside you, Christ inside, can help enlighten you so that you can transform your mind to love yourself as well. Now, this is what I do. This will be on the screen, this will be um, online as well, and you can always talk to me as well. If this resonates with you, I wanna connect with you. We're all one together. Let me be a part of your journey. It would be an honor to do so. I wanna once again thank the community here at Unity. I wanna thank Reverend Dr. Jonathan Zenz for allowing me to be a guest in your space. Uh, I see Christ in you, and I'm so blessed to be here. Thank you so much for your time. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.